Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Good to see everyone. Uh, Saturday kind of started a little precarious. Um, fumble on the first play, an, ex an explosive play at that, but uh, can't turn it over. But And then all of a sudden we find ourselves down three to nothing and then kind of settled in a little bit. And uh, we're very opportunistic, uh, forcing five, di five different takeaways during the course of the game, uh, really starting to limit Drake on, on some third downs. And, and I thought we did a nice job on both sides of the ball. Really, the, the one phase, special teams, didn't, didn't have a whole lot to, you know, I thought Eli did a tremendous job, six uh, touchbacks, did a great job. Our coverage on, on kickoff cover was really good. I think the two that they ended up returning were both inside the 20. Um, you know, we, we, we jumped into punt safe a bunch during the course of the game. Uh, again, once once the game got to a certain point, but was excited that we, we, we had a good win. Um, opportunity to play here at the Dome once again, but, uh, you know, uh, this 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 week is is much different. Uh, when you start looking at Montana State, you know, offensively, uh, dual threat, two dual threat quarterbacks. Um, uh, they do a great job of of utilizing both, and, and both of them have unique skill sets. Some similar, some different. Uh, averaging 40 points a game, nearly 300 yards rushing, and you know, almost uh, you know, converting almost 50% of their third down. So, going to be a challenge for Code Green and defensively. Um, you know, for us to be able to find ways to get off the field. And then, you know, defensively uh, forced a lot of turnovers so far this year and um, going to defend you in a lot of single high defense and not afraid to play man coverage on the perimeters uh, and, and, and play with an eight-man box. So we, we are going to have to have a great week of practice. We know it's going to be a, a fun environment. Uh, you talk about 22,000 fans um, out, at their, out at their place, and, and uh, I think it looks like the weather is going to be decent for you know, early December. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be a, uh, a highly contested uh, game on Saturday. So I know our players are looking forward to it, and I got to believe uh, uh, Coach Vegan will have his group ready to go as well. You guys, you get a win like this under your belts at home before you, you know, the, the the road to Frisco runs on the road through the rest of the way. How important was it for you guys to get a win under your belt at home? Uh, yeah, it was it was the only game we had that week, so it was very important for us to get a win. Uh, you know, I think. The ability to get some people out, the ability to play a lot of different bodies during the—I think we played all 64 that we dressed at some at some point on either you know, offense, defense, or special teams—and so I think that's good when we can start peeling back a little bit and, and not having to, to go into the fourth quarter with a lot of your starters and uh, and, and players that you're going to lean on uh, as you as you move into the the next round. Um, you know, we scored a lot of different ways. We scored defensively. We set things up with. Uh, takeaways offensively, we had explosive plays. So there's a, a lot of positives that came out of out of Saturday. Um, you know, I thought Cam played really well. I mean, he was 11 for 12, I believe. Um, you know, had some big strikes downfield, which is which is good. Um, but also not afraid to take the the easy throw and let our playmakers uh, make people miss. Number of guys into the game. How valuable is that to do in a playoff type environment? Get them some postseason experiment. Well, I think, you know, from a health and and well being standpoint, it's critical. Just when you can you get up and you can get people out. But you know, you're, this is a developmental program. You're, you're we're constantly trying to find ways to continue to develop our younger players, and the best way to to learn and grow is to get reps on Saturday.
pretty recently, but it's gotten a little bit more harsher out there. Kind of, uh, how does the preparation have to change getting ready to go into Bozeman? Well, we'll, we'll still get outside a fair number of times uh, this week um, for some extended amount of time. So it was just something you got to you got to deal with. I mean, um, I don't I don't make too big a deal out of it because everyone growing up played outside at some point. I mean. We all played outside when it was super cold out, and it didn't seem to matter then. So I don't know why it's going to matter now. Or are they the team you saw in Frisco a couple years ago? I think there's some similarities. Uh, I think they've continued to, to grow and improve. Um, you know, more of a of a dual quarterback system now than maybe what they were leaning on back then. Um, but you see a lot of familiar names, uh, a lot of familiar jersey numbers out there that uh, are having great success. And uh, you know we gotta we gotta be really smart. We gotta be really um, have great ball security because that's one thing that they've done is they've turned it over a bunch uh, during the season. I want to say they've had 12 interceptions and a handful of fumble recoveries. I, I'm guessing they're plus plus 10 or so on the, on the turnover margin. Um, so that'll be critical. And then finding ways just you know we, we gotta we gotta tackle really well. And we got to find ways to get them behind the sticks and behind the chains a little bit and and, and be creative and get them off the, the field on third down. Davis kid, the running back transfer from Wisconsin. Describe him and the running back and what, how difficult it is to bring him down. Yeah, big, big, strong, physical kid that complements what they do with the quarterback run game very well. Uh, you know, their, their zone stuff is, is, is a downhill run game. Uh, you know, he's not looking, to, not looking to bounce it, not looking to, to hit it across the formation, but get his shoulders square. It's, it, it's kind of more like a, a no-pull power if you will, as far as just the tempo of it and the and, and how fast they want to get that downhill. So going to be a challenge uh, for us up front defensively. Him in high school, or did he come on out of nowhere? Because Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I remember right. I think he was committed awfully quick. Uh, you know, I know just the, the number of Wisconsin natives we have on staff. I'm sure we knew of him, you know, at the time. But, um, you know, when he when, – committed to the Big Ten, I think we probably started to, to go elsewhere. You a lot. I mean, you saw him very briefly in that first matchup. What, is he, what does he look like? Has he evolved since that freshman year guy? Or what, how is he different since then? Well, I think, you know, they're asking him to throw the ball more than probably what they were. Um, and so he continues to, you know, to make, to make throws. Uh, you know, RPO, vertical game, uh, not afraid to, to naked, move the pocket a little bit on you where – you know, that's just as scary because now he can be a little bit of a dual threat. You know, you get him on the perimeter. You got to do a great job of keeping him in the pocket because his, his legs will hurt you. But I, I think you probably just see him having greater understanding of the entire offense and being involved in everything. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. More structurally similar to you guys. I mean, two running quarterbacks. Does that help your defense prepare at all? Oh, I, I think probably not. Yeah, I think it's significant. We're, we're different. Uh, you know, we're going to have to do a really good job of, of handling both quarterbacks in, in different situations, and I'm sure – they're going to challenge us with some formational things where they might have two quarterbacks on the field. And so it'll be a little bit of a chess match as the game unfolds. Are there other reasons besides the obvious of teams going FBS on the east side, east coast? Are there other reasons the balance of power has shifted west in the subdivision? Oh, I, you know, that's pr probably a good question. Um, probably just the, the number of 
I, I would just off the cuff without really putting a whole lot of thought into your question, um, just the number of FBS schools on the East Coast probably, you know, saturates recruiting a little bit um, versus, you know, on the West Coast, there, there's, there's not as many group of five. I mean, you're talking about um, some outliers maybe in, in the American League or American Conference that are up like Tulsa, some schools that are maybe up north. But besides that, you know, the Mountain West and, and maybe a few schools in the MAC that recruit this area. So I think, you know, you're seeing probably a divide or, or kind of a separation between truly power five kids and then group of five slash mid-major, high-level FCS kids that everyone's battling for. And, a, uh, you know, at that point, a full ride's a full ride. You know, kids are making decisions based on what's best for them at that time. You know, the year Dylan Hendricks has had and yep. just, uh, you know, just his development throughout this season. Well, he's, he's continued to get better and better as the season's unfolded and has really become a mainstay force at the defensive end. Plays with great tenacity, great energy, uh, tough kid. Uh, I think that has a little bit to do from being from Pulaski uh, up there around Green Bay. Um, Blue-collar family. Uh, he, he's, you know, his growth isn't just limited to this year. It's been his whole career. A uh, guy who battled um, a number of injuries, uh, a couple of them very severe along the way, and has just continues to, to battle and fight back. And, and it's awesome to see him having the success that he is. He's, he's earned it. He's put his time and, and effort in there and spent a lot of time in the, in the training room along the way and with Coach Kramer. But it, it's, it's fun to see kids have, have success late in their career. All defense has to do their job, but defensive end play against a team that wants yep. to move the pot. I mean, how big is defensive end play? It's going to be critical, you know. It, you know, especially in, in trying to control quarterback run game and feather some things. I mean, you almost have to defend them a little bit, kind of like an option team. Uh, you know, there's there's the there's the downhill threat, there's the perimeter threat uh, with both these quarterbacks in there, and so we got to you know do a great job of can we can we push the ball to another defender? You know, and eventually you know you push it far enough lateral, it runs out of bounds, it gets to the sideline. But, uh, you know, the thing we can't do is just let, let quarterbacks, the tailbacks, just get ahead of steam and get downhill on us because um, they're all extremely difficult to tackle, and especially in space. Five guys averaging at least eight yards a carry. That's a lot this time of year, isn't well, it? Well, I think as a team, they're averaging close to seven yards a carry. I mean, 300 yards a game. It, it's, uh, you know, significant, uh, you know, run game and, and, and you know, Great continuity up front. They've seemed to have played the majority. Their five starters have played a lot. I know there's been a, a little bit of change over here and there during the season. I anticipate probably a couple guys got banged up, but um, you know I think they're I think they're 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 really sound, really fundamental in what they do, and uh, going to challenge you to defend some zone scheme, some man scheme, and then you know some gap scheme as well. Able, I mean, the, how he's been able to. I know he didn't make all valley, but just he's been. Pretty good, no matter where he's been. Your team. He has been. He's been. Uh, you know, you talk about one individual uh, that really has been a, a, a very valuable piece to the offensive line this year. I, I would say Gray is as valuable as any. Ability to play tackle, uh, could jump over to play left tackle as well. His athleticism would allow him to do that. And you know, he, he started games at guard. Um, has 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 snapped the ball. Has played center in practice before. So, um, you know, I. You're exactly right. He, he he didn't get you know all conference, but it doesn't mean he. They're in a team in our league that wouldn't take him. 
bit for noise this week. You've played, obviously, indoors at UND. SDSU is pretty loud. Does that help for Saturday? Is this completely unique, what you're going to get with the mountains there? I've, I've never been out there before. Uh, I've been to Montana before and, and understand, you know, kind of how the sound can – it feels like it never goes away there. But uh, I think we're going we're gonna to plan for worst-case scenario and that uh, – all 22,000 fans are, are Bobcat fans and that we're going to have to deal with it. And so that'll start today. Um, we'll, we'll have significant noise with the offense wherever they go as, as the week unfolds. That's a fast start all year, and especially maybe with this team with some of the stuff we've talked about throughout the year. But in the playoffs, on the road, with a really good team, with 22,000 people, it, it's got to be even more of an emphasis. It is. Just it is you know. and, and we can control that by you know just the execution of our fundamentals and – Getting out there and, and, and having great communication, understanding, you know, assignment, alignment, communication technique. And, and if, if we can get out there and play free and play fast, we always seem to have an opportunity to, to have great starts. But it has to be all three phases. we got to be locked in to, to the, the smallest of details uh, as you start playing these, these really good football teams. You, you can't leave anything up for hope or, or chance. You've played Montana State. You had a distinct advantage at the line of scrimmage, whether it was 18, 19, or 21. Has that how, – how much have they improved along the, the, the lines of scrimmage, Montana State, when you see I, that? I, I think they're really steady. Um, I, think, I think they've – whenever you can run for 300, 300 yards a game, the, uh, I think the, the proof's in the, in, the, in the pudding there. I mean, it, uh, very few teams are willing to try to run for 300 yards, but they will. And uh, there's a ton of explosive plays. Like I said before, you see – uh, there's a handful of names that uh, are still there from the last time we played them in 21, and uh, they got good coaches, uh, got great respect for their program and how they go about it. And so I, I know their players are going to be ready to go, and, and then that there's been a level of, of of development that goes on there, just like like we try to do here. Is this with Brent's history here of of this kind of matchup? He, I know he's been away for a bit, but yep. he knows North Dakota State as well as anybody. Well, no doubt. Uh, you know, being a former player, former assistant here. Uh, you know, has has a a lot of family that still lives in the in the area or in the state of North Dakota. Um, I anticipate he's he's looking for it, looking towards it, just like probably both our rosters are too. Um, you know, two well respected uh, football programs that uh, I know this. Both teams are going to play unbelievably hard, and 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 that is a you know characteristic of of Coach Vegan's teams just from the last time that we've played them. For what you know, injury-wise, how did you come out of Saturday? Came out, you know, at, at this point, really well. Uh, I had a quick conversation with uh, with Mason, our athletic trainer, yesterday. Uh, you know, typical bumps and bruises that, that you expect, but uh, it was great to see Julian Ladarsik back, 26 snaps for us, and played, you know, at a high level, which is good to see that you, know, you always get nervous when an injured player's gone for six weeks. Uh, how much rust do we have to knock off? But he'd done a really good job of staying in shape. And while we were practicing, being involved with Coach Kramer and our and our uh, strength staff, to so when he was able to get back to play, he could hit the ground running. Uh, anticipate Kubis being available this week. Um, you know, which was you know, uh, Jake Rock was our was internally you know our offensive lineman of the week, and you know, I, I think that's a really you know. Great compliment to him when, when our guys think he played that well stepping in, but that tells you the how important it was to him. That last thing he wanted to do was let those other four guys down. When you see a team off a of bye versus a team that's played, like you've been on the other side of it now for the years you've coached here. Yeah. How what readily is available when you see it when the game starts? 
Well, I, th you know, I think the, the, the benefits of a buy are, are, again, you get off legs, you, you get an opportunity, a couple extra days of, of preparation um, on your opponent. But, you know, I, I do think there's, there's probably a positive, too, of just staying in the moment, staying in routine. Uh, and so that's kind of how we're, we're talking about it with our guys is that, you know, it, we're in this. We haven't taken many days off. We, we've played nine weeks in a row. We're, we're relatively healthy right now. I think we've done some things behind the scenes that have enabled us to do that a little bit, just altering practice style, altering some things we do, you know, off the field. Coach Kramer's done a tremendous job uh, once again uh, with our guys, the offseason development. Um, but I think the best thing right now for us is that we just keep playing and keep, keep our head down, keep working, and just stay focused on the, the next opponent. The first team at two positions, which is pretty unique. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, you talk about a young man who was recruited here, played linebacker and long snap, um, kind of, you know, made the transition to fullback and has, has been unbelievable for us when you talk about a, a true fullback, H-back, on the ball, tight end. He's done a little bit of it all. Um, I think that being recognized by, you know, the other 10 coaches in the league, as, as the top fullback, um, I think um, says a lot about, you know, his ability to help us in the run game and how he helps get things kicked out, set edges, create leverage, all those things. And then it's still become a bigger and bigger piece of kind of our pass game on some naked stuff and some check downs. And, you know, it's always every fall camp we go, you know, diving into the long snapping, we go into it, you know, how difficult is that going to be when we're on a 15-play drive and all of a sudden now you got to snap for PATs or you got to snap, you know, do you have to take my gloves off? And so we, we, we kind of put them through the gamut during fall camp with wet balls, wet gloves, because it is unique that you have a, a, an every down type player that all of a sudden has to, you know, you take long snappers and kickers and specialists for granted until you don't have them or until there's a, an error in special teams. And he's done a tremendous job, does a great job. I know it helps us on punt coverage, setting the, setting the post back there and kind of creating leverage on returns and making some plays for us. But I think it's really cool and, and, and special for him to be recognized in two positions. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. What's it like having a guy like that at those kind of positions? He's pretty intense. You could say that. Um, you know, I, I, you have to be intense if you're going to play fullback. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we've ever met a passive fullback out there. And if we did, um, probably not. he probably didn't last too long. Um, you know, but then for him to be able to go from a position where you have to be kind of go, 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 and, and, and you've got to be face tough to – all of a sudden, a unique skill set that it maybe sometimes is more between this about the space between your ears than it is, you know, physical toughness. Being a long snapper to be able to transition like that and in, in, from one play to the next uh, says a lot about who he is and his development and his maturity level. And the 64 kids to be on the roster for the playoff game. Do you do you have to look at 
what do you what do you look at? Because I, it's with a much smaller roster, you you might have to have some guys play special teams, or at least be have the ability to play special yeah, teams. Yeah, and so that, that's probably the that's the number you said the number you, you kind of you act like you've been in our office before, um, but that's the thing that we have to look at. Once you have your maybe your top forty four, your two deep everywhere, and a couple specialists, then it goes to you know. What are the next set of receivers, DBs that also can help us on all these special teams to give us depth? To give, and then you got to look at sub packages too. I mean, are, do we have a sub package? You know, who's the nickel? You know, do we need to bring an extra corner then to, to be able to facilitate those personnel groupings? But um, it is. I mean, both teams are, are kind of under the same uh, situation. You know, this year we're, we're we are traveling one extra specialist this year. Um, just because we're we're not asking Steiny to to do the kickoff uh, duties, and, and Eli has done a tremendous job and had a big game for us this week. Oscar, can it change week to week, or do you have to set it before no, playoffs? It can change every week, and I, we don't have to have a final one turned in until right before kickoff. And last week we had a couple question marks. Uh, wanted to see, you know, we, Julian was coming back, but didn't know, you know, what that was going to look like on Monday, and. You know, finally got, you know, kind of made the decision Thursday after a real good practice that he was ready to go. And same thing with, with Jake. He was trying in, in the process of being prepared from a practice standpoint, from a rehab standpoint. And then it came down to does a, does a banged up Jake Kubis, is he better than a healthy Jake Rock? And, and you saw what, what our thought process was. Latest team apparently to go FBS. And I know this is not on your mind right now, but in general, what do you think of all the teams leaving FCS and well, it's, going it's, FBS? It was bound, I think, bound to happen. Um, you know, I think people are starting to see that there, there's there's becoming greater separation probably between FCS and FBS, um, with everything being monetized right now, uh, and people wanting to try to get their claws some way into the college football playoff money. Um, at the end of the day, that's that's what that's what everyone's striving for is revenue. Um, revenue from TV, revenue from ticket sales, revenue from general fundraising. And if, if, if you're Delaware and you think that that can add to what's already been a very, you know, tradition-rich program, uh, I'm sure they – I know they have a, a, a huge stadium that I've, I've seen on film that it's been full at times. And I think, that, you know, if, if this is the right move for them and they found a place that they can call home, um, you know, I think – you know, for, for a lot of teams, it's just getting into the FBS. And then with the anticipation in the next 10 years, there's probably going to be even more shuffling of, of, of the pieces out there. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank. Our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC.